Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Well... Monday is Memorial Day. We call this Memorial Day weekend. It is a very, very important time. I don't even know why we call it a holiday, but I guess we do. And uh, it's a time to remember and honor all the people who died serving the United States Armed Forces. And people go into the United States Armed Forces for one reason and one reason only, to protect our liberty, our sovereignty, and our Constitution, we the people. And some people make a career out of it. And they don't try other things where they can get super rich or super famous or live a quiet life. They are prepared in one form or another, in one way or another, to defend us. And we have men and women all over the world doing exactly that. Some of them won't come back. Some of them have not come back. Throughout the history of this country, we've had citizens who've stood up and fought for this country. Even look at the Revolutionary War. It went on for eight long years. Brutal, punishing war. Other wars people don't even remember. They're not even taught about in school. And families suffer. They lose, lose loved ones, and it's very, very difficult. And really, I think the best of us are the men and women who go into the military, who go into law enforcement. They really are. And so, before we get into all the other stuff, rather than at the end of the program, at the beginning of the program, many of you are in the cars and heading there, here, wherever. I want us to honor the men and women who have perished defending us in the United States military, as I always do. I want to give you some perspective, historical perspective here, about the Americans who died in various wars who are honoring. It's not a holiday, and it's not Happy Memorial Day. It's Memorial Day. It's a somber day. The Civil War, 1861 to 65, estimated 750,000 deaths. Now, I want you to think about that. Four and a half years, 750,000 deaths. There were about 25 million people in the country. World War II, 1941 to 45, over 405,000 deaths. World War I. Over 116,000 deaths, and we were there for about 18 months. The Vietnam War, over 58,000 deaths. 
the Korean War. We were there about three, three and a half years, over 54,000 deaths. The American Revolution. That went on for over eight years, 25,000 deaths. And about half of them on British prison ships. The War of 1812, does anybody know what that is? Is that taught in school anymore? I doubt it. 15,000 deaths. The Mexican-American War, over 13,000 deaths. The Iraq War, 4,500 deaths. The Philippine-American War, 4,200 deaths. The Spanish-American War, Over 2,200 deaths. The war in Afghanistan, over 2,200 deaths. And there are many more. Many more when you look at certain specific battles that took place in Korea, in Vietnam, in World War II, in World War I, the Revolutionary War, and the Civil War. This is why my guts get turned inside out when I hear people on TV and radio trashing this country who have sacrificed nothing. Nothing. Wonderful Americans. White, black, Latino, Asian, Gentile, Jew, Muslim, atheist, doesn't matter. Americans assimilated into an American culture. People putting their lives on the line so we can live free. So unappreciated today. We don't reinforce patriotism in our schools. We certainly don't reinforce patriotism in our colleges and universities. Instead, we have American haters as tenured professors giving graduation speeches at NYU and other places. Parasites living off the carriage of these men and women. Instead, we have politicians, largely in the Democrat Party. Some have served, some haven't. Trashing our history. Trashing our country. People in the media doing exactly the same thing. It's appalling. It's appalling. People have given the ultimate sacrifice. They're not living anymore. Somebody's father or husband or brother or son. Somebody's mother or sister or daughter. That's the point of Memorial Day and Memorial Day weekend. All you folks in your cars, all you folks listening to me, it's important that we keep this in mind. We're a magnificent country with a magnificent people. We truly are, despite our politicians, despite our universities, and despite the media. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens 
and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. out there you're in and around the ridgewood new jersey area tomorrow it's a big day 1 p.m tomorrow saturday we will be at bookends it's at 211 east ridgewood avenue ridgewood new jersey we hope to see thousands and thousands of you we're gonna have a wonderful time all you patriots all of us together all you thomas paines and i will be signing your books and shaking your hands and greeting your family and i can't wait it's been a long time and tomorrow's also a big day. It's the last day of the week where the New York Times calculates all the book sales and it determines who's going to be on their list. But it's more important than that. Sunday, the next day, May 26th, 1 p.m., we're going to be in Huntington, New York, on Long Island at the Book Review store, an excellent store, 313, 313 New York Avenue, Huntington, New York. That's Sunday, May 26th, 1 p.m., and my buddy Brian Kilmeade is going to be there as well. We may have surprised people turn out at both places. But most of all, it's about you. And I can't wait to see you. So tomorrow, bookends, Ridgewood, New Jersey, 1 p.m. Let's make it a fun time, as many of us as possible. Anybody who lives around that area or wants to visit, we'll be there. Sunday, May 26th, 1 p.m., Huntington, New York, book review. You know I don't get out that much. I'm just so busy. But here we are, a wonderful, wonderful weekend, and I want to thank you. And also, a recent study shows Americans are sleeping less than ever, even though lack of sleep ruins your performance and impacts your relationships. It's time to improve every aspect of your life by getting the best sleep of your life on a brand new set of Bolin Branch sheets, the softest, most comfortable, 100% pure organic cotton sheets in the world. Hundreds of thousands of Americans, like me, sleep better thanks to Bolin Branch, and they're the only sheets loved by three United States presidents. All their products, from the signature soft sheets to the cozy throw blankets to their plush towels, are made the right way, not the easy way. Now, these are naturally derived products made with the highest level of craftsmanship. And every purchase comes with a 30-day risk-free guarantee. Got it? So $50 off your first set of sheets, plus free shipping at BowlingBranch.com with promo code MARK. That's Bolin Branch, B O L L, BolinBranch.com, promo code Mark for $50 off, BolinBranch.com, promo code Mark. Now, the President of the United States is doing something that's actually quite important. He's declassifying everything related to the lead up of the coup attempt by the Obama administration. 
And all of a sudden, the Democrats don't want transparency. They want every word, every line of the Mueller report, even though they have 99.99% of it, right? <clears throat> but they want more. Fine. But when it comes to this, oh, we're going we're gonna to hurt our, our, you know, this. You can't do that. Oh, my back hurts. I can't do anything. Now, here's what the president said today as he was leaving the White House lawn for Japan. Cut six, go. So we want to be very transparent. So as you know, I declassified everything, everything they want. I put it under the auspices of the attorney general. He's going to be in charge of it. He's a uh, great gentleman and a highly respected man. So everything that they need is declassified. And they'll be able to see how this uh, hoax, how the hoax or witch hunt started and why it started. Uh, it was a an attempted coup or an attempted takedown of the president of the United States. It should never, ever happen to anybody else. So it's very important. Now, people have been asking me to declassify for a long period of time. I've decided to do it. And you're going to learn a lot. I hope it's going to be nice, but perhaps it won't be. This coup language, silent coup, we started it here on this program because that's exactly what it's been. I didn't invent the term, but we introduced it into our society. More. Cut seven. Go. Now, let's stop right here. So we have a reporter all, who doesn't want to know anything. Why can we trust Attorney General Barr? I mean, the Democrats have said, you know, that they have concerns about him. So she she's in the media, so she has concerns. They have concerns, she has concerns. They're for something, she's for something. These people are out of the closet, and it's not a pretty sight. Go ahead. Uh, the question is so false and so phony. The Attorney General, let me just explain. Let me explain to you something. The Attorney General is one of the most respected people in this country, and he has been for a long period of time. He's going to look at a lot of documents. Some he might find interesting, maybe he'll find none interesting. But for over a year, people have asked me to declassify. So what I've done is I've declassified everything. He can look, and I hope he looks at the UK, and I hope he looks at Australia, and I hope he looks at Ukraine. I hope he looks at everything, because there was a hoax that was perpetrated on our country. It's the greatest hoax. Excuse me. Excuse me. It's the greatest hoax. Let's just stop there. Listen to her yelling at him, trying to interrupt him. She asked the president a question. He's not finished. And she wants her question, which isn't a question at all, to be upfront paramount because she's a Democrat, progressive, social activist. That's what she is. She won't even let him finish without yelling at him. Go ahead. Probably in the history of our country, and somebody has to get to the bottom of it. We'll see. But for a long period of time, they've wanted me to declassify, and I did. All right. I want to remind you of something. This has actually been an issue for a long time on this program. Back on uh, March 5th, 2017, over 14 months ago, I started pulling together exhibits of leaks to the media. First, I talked about it on the radio program. 
Then I went on Fox and Friends with Pete Hegseth, <coughs> excuse me, who is terrific. Just based on the public accounts in the newspapers, they didn't expect anybody to sit down and put all the puzzle parts together. They just thought they could keep trying to tear down the president of the United States. Taint him, smear him. So I pulled all this information together. And I want to tell you, I spoke about this. And I came under brutal attack by virtually every one of the Democrat Party media outlets. And a handful of my colleagues in this business defended me. It's okay. I can defend myself. Mr. Producer will tell you, for two weeks, that's what we did. And we pushed back. Now, knowing what's taken place, knowing the information that's come out, no thanks to the media, and knowing what the president said today, I want to take you back 14 months. Go ahead, Mr. Producer. The evidence is overwhelming. This is not about President Trump's tweeting. This is about the Obama administration's spying. And the question isn't whether it's spied. We know they went to the FISA court twice. The question is, who did they spy on? The extent of the spying. That is, the Trump campaign, the Trump transition, Trump surrogates. And I want to walk you through this, the American people. Exhibit one. Exhibit one. This is all public. Head Street. Two separate sources with links to the counterintelligence community have confirmed that the FBI sought and was granted a Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act court. This is spying. Uh, in October, giving counterintelligence permission to examine the activity of, quote, U.S. persons in Donald Trump's campaign with ties to Russia. Let me go on. This isn't me. They say the first FISA request, sources say, named Trump, was denied back in June, denied by the court. Mm -hmm. But the second was drawn more narrowly and was granted in October after evidence was presented of a server possibly related to the Trump campaign and its alleged links to two banks. Now, sources suggest that a FISA warrant was granted to look at the full content of emails and other related documents that may concern U.S. persons. Now, I know people are hung up with Trump's word wiretapping. Well, how'd they get access to this server information? Does it really matter if it was wiretapping, electronic surveillance, or whatever it was? Exhibit 2, The Guardian, a well-known right-wing British paper. Here it is. Uh, quote, The Guardian has learned the FBI applied for a warrant from the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court over the summer in order to monitor four members of the Trump team suspected of irregular contacts with Russian officials. Keep in mind, this is during a presidential election. The sitting president, the incumbent party, is now investigating the presidential candidate of the Republican Party and his campaign to some extent. The FISA court turned down the application asking FBI counterintelligence investigators to narrow its focus. According to one report, the FBI was finally granted a warrant in October. Exhibit three, McClatchy, another well-known right-wing newspaper. Here they have the agency's headline, FBI, five other agencies. Five other Obama administration agencies probe possible covert Kremlin aid to Trump. The FBI and five other law enforcement intelligence agencies have collaborated for months in an investigation into Russian attempts to influence the November election, including whether money from Kremlin uh, covertly aided presidential-elect Donald Trump. Two people familiar with the matter said the agencies involved in the inquiry are the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, the Justice Department, the Treasury Department's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network and representatives of the Director of the National Intelligence. 
Are you telling me Barack Obama didn't know it was Mark, going on in six go, agencies? As you hold go on, on, hold on, how are hold you? On. Okay, keep going. I'm not done. I need to make the case because the media seems to be confused about their own reporting. New York Times, another well-known liberal outlet, intercepted Russian communications part of inquiry into Trump associates January 19. The FBI is leading the investigations aided by the NSA, the CIA, Treasury Department's Financial Crimes Unit. The investigators have accelerated their efforts in recent weeks, but have found no exclusive, conclusive evidence of wrongdoing. Listen to this. One official said intelligence reports based on some of the wiretap communications have been provided to the White House. This is the New York Times. Another right wing outlet. Another right wing outlet. Let's continue. (laughs) New York Times again. NSA gets more latitude to share intercepted communications. In the final days of the Obama administration, uh, the administration has expanded the power of the NSA to share globally intercepted personal communications with the government's 16 other intelligence agencies before applying privacy protections. Now, why would they do this on the way out the door? Well, March 1, Exhibit 6, Obama administration rushed to preserve intelligence of Russian election hacking. In the Obama administration's last days, listen to this, some White House officials scrambled to spread information about Russian efforts to undermine the presidential election and about possible contacts between associates of President-elect Trump and Russians across the government. I'm not done. (laughs) Exhibit 7, New York Times. Flynn is said to have talked to Russians about sanctions. Trump took office. Well, where'd they get this information? Well, Mark, you know, the FISA court, they're always monitoring the uh, the uh, Russian ambassador. And so how do we know that? Maybe they are, maybe they're not. But there's an awful lot of other activity. Sure. Here we have Washington Post. One more. Washington Post, March 2nd. U.S. investigators have examined contacts Attorney General Sessions had with Russian officials during the time he was advising Donald Trump's campaign. The focus of the U.S. counterintelligence investigation has been on communication between Trump campaign officials Mm -hmm. in Russia. Listen to this. The inquiry involving Sessions is examining his contacts while serving as Trump's foreign policy advisor in the spring and summer of 2016. This has been going on for a year. Now I'm live. That was actually 26 months ago, two years and two months. Pretty accurate, wasn't it, Mr. Producer? Now we have a few minutes left when we came back from the break on Fox and Friends. And I'll tell you, this Pete Hegseth is a real national treasure. He really is. And I will play the final two minutes or so when we return. I'll be right back. Folks, many of our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But sadly, many have lost their way. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse and instead peddle their moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, there's Hillsdale College. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. And as Hillsdale enters its 175th year, their goal is simple and yet profound 
to help students understand what is noblest and best in yourself and the world. Hillsdale College's liberal arts education and vibrant campus community helps students form a foundation for the rest of their lives, a truly life-defining experience. So if you're looking for a college that prizes learning and values intellectual enthusiasm, where everyone shares a strong sense of meaning and purpose, welcome to Hillsdale College. Please visit hillsdale.edu slash admissions to plan a visit and learn more. That's hillsdale.edu slash admissions. little over a minute, and this is how that discussion with Pete Hegseth, Fox and Friends, 26 months ago, ended. Go ahead. How confident are you that this new this investigation, which was on Russian so-called Russian hacking, but now the White House says this morning will be broadened to looking into executive overreach? How confident Look, are you they will find something there? I don't know, but they already found something. The issue isn't whether the Obama administration spied on the Trump campaign or transition or certain of its surrogates. The issue is the extent of it. Mm-hmm. They went into court a second time. They were so aggressive. They waited four or five months. They go back in October, weeks before the general election. They narrow their request. All of a sudden, we have leaks coming out on Flynn. Then we have a, oh, a horrible meeting that took place between Sessions and so forth. And I'm telling you, as a former chief of staff to an attorney general of the United States in the Reagan administration, these are police state tactics. Now, what did Barack Obama know? He knew everything I just read to you apart, apart from one or two articles. You know how I know? It's in the newspapers. It's right there. So Barack Obama not only knew this, but he gets a daily intelligence briefing. And let me tell you something about daily intelligence briefings. If your attorney general and your FBI is going to the FISA court to get a warrant to investigate aspects of an opposition party in the middle of a general election campaign, how much you want to bet the president of the United States knew that? I don't want to bet you on that. And that's what set off the firestorm. It had been my second time saying it, first on radio, then there, and the third time was on Hannity's show. So I, we, broke that story. Others started to jump in really good reporters, like Solomon, Carter, among others. But I remember that day, and I'm very, very proud of it. And as it turns out, ladies and gentlemen, it was far, far worse than I was able to know based on the accounts at the time. But I knew the leaking was coming out of the FBI. It had to be. FISA court and all this other information. They were leaking to the Washington Post, leaking to the New York Times, leaking, leaking, leaking. And that's why the New York Times and the Washington Post will not apologize. Because they were part of the cabal to try and unseat the President of the United States, and before that to try and prevent him from being President of the United States. That's why I wrote this book on freedom of the press. I've had enough of it. And so it's very, very important what the president did today. He declassified all documents from 2016 on related to this scam that took place, the greatest scandal in American history, the one that the reporters not only covered up but participated in. No, 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 not Russia collusion, but the attempt to take out a president. And I want to congratulate the New York Times for leading the charge, receiving all these leaks from the police state tactics of the bad cops and the FBI. I want to congratulate them. First, the slaughter of the Ukrainians, the slaughter of the Jews, and now the slaughter of the Constitution. Unbelievable. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
Every human being has a common problem. How do I live well? Our happiness and well-being depends on how we answer that question. Hillsdale College President Larry Arn argues that the best book ever written on this subject is Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics. And a new free online course from Hillsdale College shares Aristotle's teachings that will help you lead the most complete, happy life possible. Register for this free course, Introduction to Aristotle's Ethics, How to Lead a Good Life, featuring lessons from the greatest self-help book ever written at levinforhillsdale.com. In just 10 on-demand videos, each only 30 minutes long, you'll learn how to confront the chief obstacles to happiness and make the choices that build good character. Aristotle presents a guide for securing a virtuous life. And if you take this free course from Hillsdale and heed Aristotle's advice, your life will change for the better. You can learn how to lead a good life just as every Hillsdale College student does. It's yours for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. everybody, Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, Don't forget, Sunday night, Life, Liberty, and Levin, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Guess what we're doing? It's a special program. We're going to replay Sean Hannity's interview of me last Friday. And you can see how well we do together, question and answer sessions and so forth, because we know each other so well. And I think you're, those of you who didn't see it, you really ought to check it out. Those of you who have seen it, I think you might want to watch it again. I'll also be on with Judge Janine, a lovely, lovely lady, and smart as can be. That's on Saturday night on Fox. So we have that. Oh, and also Fox and Friends Sunday. I'm going to keep track of all this. Uh, we'll be on on the 9 a.m. hour, Fox and Friends Sunday, 9 a.m. hour. So Judge Janine, Saturday night, Fox and Friends Sunday, 9 a.m. hour. And then, of course, my own show, Life, Liberty, and Levin, Sean Hannity, and me. There's a lot to do. And, of course, Saturday we'll be at the uh, bookends, Ridgewood, New Jersey, 1 p.m. That's tomorrow. I'm heading up there tomorrow with my wife, and we will be there, and we look very much forward to seeing as many of you as possible. All right. Donald Trump outside the White House today. I mean, he gives the media more opportunities to question him than any president that I can remember. Listen to this one. Cut to go. What do you hope to accomplish with your personal attacks on so the question is, with a helicopter, what do you hope to accomplish with your personal attacks on the speaker? Has the speaker been asked that about her personal attacks on the president? Coming from the media, that's pretty funny. I have a section in the book that goes on five pages long, single-spaced, of what the media have called the president of the United States. That would include journalists, news hosts, guests, paid contributors. It's shocking. And so coming from the media, this is really precious, don't you think? Anyway, go ahead. Excuse me. This just shows how fake you and the news are. When you say when you say a personal attack, did you hear what she said about me long before I went after her? Did you hear? She made horrible statements. She knows they're not true. She made she said terrible things. So I just responded in kind. Look. 
You think Nancy's the same as she was? She's not. Maybe we could all say that. But I think, I think, frankly, I think right now we are, I'm only speaking for myself. I want to do what's good for the country. I think Nancy Pelosi is not helping this country. I think the Democrats are obstructionists. They're hurting our country very, very badly. We can pass so many different bills right now, but all they want to do is investigate because they failed with Robert Mueller and the Mueller report. They want to try and get a do-over of the Mueller report. It doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. That's it? All right. And he's right. Now, as for Nancy Pelosi, I believe something is wrong with her. I really do. Maybe we need to bring in some psychiatrists to write a book about it. Some professors who can comment on it. From afar, of course, that's the best way to do it. And so there was a montage of Nancy Pelosi stammering. I believe it was put together by Lou Dobbs on the Fox Business Channel. Went something like this. Cut one, go. We had a little... Long took a little longer on the floor. The custody, custody of the border, border. Everyone, he started making, sending signals. The U.S., Mexico, Canada. If that's not the accurate character, some people call it after NAFTA. Some call it NAFTA 2.0. We're working together to, to uh, make pass that. Not. To, uh, if we, we're, we're the fat, we, there are three things. There are three things. There are three things. There are three things. We're very busy people. <laughs> no wonder the media don't want that played. No wonder the media attacked the president. No, no, it only goes one way, you understand. It only goes one way. Well, also Trump outside the White House today. This is just too important, the things he's saying to blow off. Let's go to cut five, Mr. Producer. Go ahead. Are you worried that these investigations are hurting your reelection chances? I, I don't know. My poll numbers are very good. You don't like the reporter, but my poll, I guess we have a 48 today. We have a 51. We have very good poll numbers considering. Now, I have to tell you, if you people would give straight news, I'd be at 70. I'd be maybe at 75, but you don't give straight news. You give fake news. With fake news, I'm still winning the election. But if you gave serious good news the way you're supposed to, I'd probably be at 70 or 75 based on the economy alone. You see how the president is not only fighting the Democrats, he's having to fight the media day in and day out. You see that? It's a very interesting piece the other day at the Fox News website. And the title is Jim Acosta's CNN role further muddled by upcoming book. You can't tell the difference between him and a paid pundit. Now, you know, we've been saying this now for some time, and this is also a a very important point in my book. But let's read this. CNN's White House correspondent Jim Acosta's upcoming book on June 11th has raised eyebrows, both inside and outside the network's newsroom. The outspoken Acosta is being criticized by insiders and academics alike for further blurring the line between being an unbiased reporter or a commentator pushing his personal perspectives. And by the way, I see this with Maggie Haberman on the cable channels. She's a New York Times reporter, and she pops off and gives her opinion all the time. I'm sorry. You got to pick one side or the other. Are you news or are you opinion? The problem is the overwhelming vast majority of so-called journalists, 
won't pick one side. Acosta's book, The Enemy of the People, A Dangerous Time to Tell the Truth in America. Now listen to how idiotic and hysterical that is, how self-serving that is. Comes out June 11, and publisher Harper Collins has placed a strict embargo on its content. While the book will be kept under wraps until the publication date, a quick glance at the official description leaves little doubt that it will paint the president in a negative light. A book is billed as the book as an explosive firsthand account of the dangerous. Uh, excuse me, I'm doing this with one eye closed, uh, reading it on my iPhone. Of the dangers Acosta faces reporting on the current White House while fighting on the front lines in President Trump's war on truth as public enemy number one. Do you believe this guy? Is he reporting from Iran? No. Is he reporting from China? No. Is he reporting from Russia? No. He's reporting from CNN, Lafayette Park. He's he's having... Uh, a three-course meal every dinner. I mean, it, it, it's hilarious. The description coincides with the feeling that Acosta is a grandstander who's built an empire as CNN's in-house thorn in Trump's side. Last week, he was accused of being dishonest while covering Trump's immigration overhaul remarks. One current CNN employee told Fox that threats to the free press should obviously be taken seriously and reporters need to seek the truth and report it, but Acosta may no longer be right for the job. <clears throat> may no longer be right? He's a joke. Jim Acosta is a lot of times asking the right questions, but it doesn't always need to be about him and his grandstanding, the CNN staffer said. People get tired of it. Acosta is supposed to be a correspondent reporting the facts, but you can't tell the difference between him and a paid pundit. The CNNer said Acosta's actions have resulted in some eye-rolling around CNN, but the temperamental correspondence colleagues haven't thought too much about the upcoming book. If we don't have to talk about Jim Acosta, we don't talk about Jim Acosta, the employee said. A reporter who covers the White House for a different news organization echoed those sentiments. <clears throat> I support reporters, even irredeemably biased ones, having access to the White House. But Acosta should consider how his behavior affects the rest of the press corps, who are there to be taken seriously and report the news rather than to boost their own celebrity, the journalist told Fox News on the condition of anonymity. Hmm. Frustrated reporters aren't the only ones concerned about the idea of a White House reporter writing a book about a sitting president, as some in academia also have an issue with it. It would behoove CNN to remove Acosta as a beat reporter for the White House and instead simply label him as a commentator and analyst, DePaul University professor media critic Jeffrey McCall told Fox News. He could still frequent the White House press facilities and do his commentary from the White House, but another correspondent should now provide the day-to-day news updates on White House goings-on. Cornell Law professor William A. Jacobson told Fox News that Acosta writing an anti-Trump book is not surprising and simply compounds his pre-existing conflicts. In a better world, someone with Acosta's bias wouldn't be on the White House beat. But these are not better times, Jacobson said. Too many in the mainstream media view themselves as part of the resistance to Trump. University of North Carolina media ethics guru Lois Boynton feels the book puts CNN in a bit of a pickle because Acosta's first-hand experience makes for an interesting narrative but likely creates a conflict of interest. 
the very minimum, he and CNN must consider the perceptions that viewers will have about his dual role and how much weight they give to those perceptions, she told Fox. At the end of the day, it's what the viewers believe that matters. I can do everything by the objectivity book, but it's the news consumers who get the final call. And the professor added that there's a role for antagonistic journalism within the bounds of a free press protected by the First Amendment. And Acosta has observed much and now has much to say because of his perch at the White House. But the big question now for CNN is whether Acosta has finally crossed the threshold from being a reporter who's supposed to provide measured and impartial news coverage of the White House into the role of a commentator who's pushing his personal perspectives. A good number of people likely think Acosta has already crossed that line, but this book would seem to cement his role as commentator over simply reporting Professor McCall said, and it goes on. And Acosta is not alone. And I specifically address him in Unfreedom of the Press. And I want to remind you, all the media outlets circle the wagon around this guy. When he disrupted a press conference, was pushing his personal philosophical beliefs and agenda, interfering with news information for the American people, And his permanent pass was pulled, not CNN, CNN and many reporters who were still there, but his. Every major news organization that I'm aware of circled the wagons around Acosta, a reprobate. And that's pretty shocking. And of course, I have more about this in Unfreedom of the Press. And they're right on, these professors and and the rest. I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Nancy Pelosi, earlier this week, listen to this one. Go ahead, Mr. Producer. The day's on the floor of the house. Nancy Pelosi thinks she knows more about having babies than the Pope. Imagine, (laughs) really, guys, but you know, when you see, when you see them lined up in the the floor of the house. And by the way, she means the Republicans lined up on the floor of the house. Go ahead. The days on the floor of the house. Floor of the house. Guys, 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 just. White guys, 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 <laughs> signing for their discharge petition uh, in a way that is really doesn't even represent the truth of what they are putting down there. White guys. Here we go again. White guys. So I started thinking, Mr. Producer, white guys, white guys. Isn't Nancy Pelosi married to a white guy? Isn't Kamala Harris married to a white guy? She is. Isn't Mayor Pete married to a white guy? He is. All kinds of white guys in power positions in the Democrat Party. Isn't Joe Biden a white guy? As white as they come. Isn't Bernie Sanders a white guy? Oh, yes. Very white. How about this guy Swalwell? Another white guy. How about Hickenlooper? Now there's a name. Hicken Looper. White guy. 
What else do we have running there, Mr. Producer? All kinds of white guys running. Married to white guys. So many I can't count. That's right. How about Stempy Hoy, the number two, the majority leader of the Democrat? White guy. Ooh. White guy. Now, there's something wrong with white guys. They're not allowed to comment about abortion. Can black guys comment about abortion? Can Latino guys comment about abortion? Can gay males comment about abortion? I think we need another one of these lists. Who's allowed to comment and who's not in Nancy Pelosi's world? Only women. Oh. White women? Latino women? Black women? Who can comment? Who's allowed to comment? Pretty sick, don't you think? Since the vast majority of people who go to war, not all, not all, but the vast majority are men, should only men be allowed to comment about war and peace? I'm just curious about this. How does this work? Should only men be allowed to comment about war and peace? Since it's the vast majority of men who are construction workers, I'll go down this lane, we can have a good time. Should only men be able to talk about how much is spent by the federal government on infrastructure? Just curious. Since the vast majority of the border control and ICE are men, not all, ladies, please, you understand what I'm saying. Since the vast majority are men, should only men be allowed to talk about securing the border? I mean, how stupid is this? Very. No wonder AOC's taken over the Democrat Party. Believe it or not, Nancy Pelosi is dumber than AOC. She just is. Which is why the media keep trying to prop her up. Look how she's running circles around Trump. No, she's not running circles around Trump. That's her kind of Tourette stuff kicking in. That's what she does. Shaking, moving, whatever. It's true. She's not running circles around anybody. Point of fact. House isn't doing anything. Anything significant. About anything. Oh, we have a $19.1 billion program for uh, disaster relief. But they cut out over $4 billion for the border. We have a disaster on the border. Uh, we're not going to touch that. We don't care. There's uh, all kinds of diseases. Little kids are sick. It's spreading from detention center to detention center. Our poor federal law enforcement is overwhelmed. We've got 185,000 people who've been released throughout the country because our detention centers are filled. And hundreds of thousands of more coming in here illegally who aren't even caught. No, 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 that's not a crime. No problem there. And we had one gutsy congressman, one, one, who said, no, you want disaster relief? I'm all for it. But there's a disaster on the southern border and you need to include it. And he said, no, I'm not going to vote for this unless you include it. Chip Roy. And he'll be on next hour. Mark Lovin. You 
know, whenever I give a little bit of information about how publishing works and writing works and New York Times list works or doesn't work, I say to myself, and Mr. Producer, when I'm done, I say, you know, I don't think people care about that. And we're inundated with inquiries. No, no, no. Tell us more. How does this stuff work? Because, you know, most of us don't know about it. Let me explain this point. The first week a book is released, it's released on Tuesday and the week ends Saturday at midnight. I don't know why that is. So it's a short week. So all the sales that occur in books from Tuesday through Saturday count towards the first week. And this is very important for a publisher and very important for an author in order to launch their book. It's very important in that respect. The New York Times has some kind of calculus that nobody knows. Nobody understands. But it's weighted. This much we know. And they tend to weight bookstores where liberals buy books. Like poetry and prose and so forth. You're not going to get many people going to this poetry and prose bookstore in Washington, D.C. and buy Unfreedom of the Press. But bookends, book review, all these small bookstores, yes. People buy books in these places. I can remember when Rescuing Sprite came out. Remember that book? It's the second book I ever wrote. And uh, I wrote it. I read it a final time after editing. And I've never read it again. Because it breaks my heart. I can't read my own book. And yet many of you out there say it's really helped you. When you've had to put your dogs, cats, sleep and so forth. I can't read it. Because it was uh, very painful to write it in the first place. But I remember, Mr. Producer, you'll vouch for this. That we looked at overall book sales. When the New York Times list comes out. And number one was way ahead, number one. And there I am with the second book I've ever written about my dogs. And we sold far more books than Tom Brokaw, who wrote a book, I think it was called Boom, wasn't it, Rich? Boom, I think it was. And yet, my book got third place, and his book got second place. Now, I was kind of new to this. It was my second book. I said, how the hell does that happen? On the merits, we sold far more books than Tom Brokaw, his book, Boom, and my book, Rescuing Sprite. Because they wanted to give it to Tom Brokaw. They didn't want a conservative talk show host in his book about his dogs to defeat their icon, Tom Brokaw, and his book, boom. And that's what happened. And this happens a lot to conservatives, almost never to liberals, have you noticed? So we're going to be watching very, very carefully this time because you, many of you, have ordered your books. Many of you are going to order your books tonight or tomorrow over the weekend. When you're in Costco or Walmart or Target or BJ's or Sam's. Or you're going to go online. 
which is very easy to go to Amazon and order it and get it the next day. And you've been doing all these things, including going to your local bookstores. I will let you know what happens. I'll, be, I'll give you whatever information I have. Monday's a holiday. Not a holiday. It's a day off. On Tuesday, to let you know whatever I know in terms of numbers and so forth. And then we find out Wednesday evening. The secret committee, nobody knows their names, makes a decision. Nobody knows how exactly. And so this is what I told you early on. We need to send a message to the Times. We need to send a message to all the media that we are leading a movement now to take our press back, to promote freedom of the press, that we are the new Tom Paines and the pamphleteers, that we are going to spread the word through this book. All the research has been done, all the arguments have been made, all the evidence is there. And we're going to spread the word. Just as we did in the Reagan Revolution. Just as we did in the Tea Party Revolution. Just as we do, uh, have and are doing in the Convention of States Revolution. Just as we have in the Trump Revolution. We want our free speech and freedom of the press back. And we are going to actively pursue it. In our homes in our churches and synagogues and mosques and wherever, in restaurants, in social events, barbecues and communities all through this weekend. We're going to learn again how the colonists did, how to share news with each other that matters, how to find alternative news sources, how to encourage the creation of alternative news sources. I want this to be the beginning of a reformation. The beginning, not the end, where we think differently, where we think about options and alternatives and competition, and we speak to each other about the news. And we have more opportunities now than we ever have. Forget about CNN and MSNBC. Forget about the New York Times and the Washington Post. They don't matter. I mean, they are hurting the country, but they don't matter in the sense of what I'm saying here, which is... You can find these sources of news all over the world. You can find the right bloggers, the right thinkers, the right writers. They're out there. You don't need Jake Tapper to show you. You don't need Rachel Maddow to show you. You don't need the discredited New York Times to show you. You don't need the bankrupt Washington Post to show you. You don't need people who hate your guts, who do not share your values, who are advancing the cause of the Democrat Party day in and day out, who are trying to disenfranchise those of you who voted for Donald Trump, who are undermining our constitutional order, who are undermining our economic system, who are doing exactly the opposite of the patriot press. And then when you call them out, or you call us the enemy of the people, well, what are we supposed to call you? When you're undermining freedom of the press and the principles that matter to us in this society. CNN is dying. The Washington Post was dead until Bezos bought it. The New York Times was dying until the billionaire in Mexico put a fortune into it. MSNBC is nowhere to go after the Trump presidency. But they prop up these entities. They prop them up. 
I am convinced that freedom of the press will always survive. I am convinced that the modern mass media will not. Maybe I'm wrong. God forbid, because we'll lose our republic if I am. But you have a role. There's no 10-point plan. Do this, do this, do that. There's no 10-point plan. The plan is we inform ourselves. The plan is we have information laid out in a very understandable way, in a compelling way. The use of scholarship and facts and knowledge to advance the cause of a true free press. A true free press. That's the point of unfreedom of the press. Many of you will be in retail stores this weekend. Many of you will be on the internet this weekend. Now's the time to act. To inform, to spread the word. There's millions and millions of us. Imagine. You can have an enormous influence on your small circle of people that you're with this weekend. It starts now. Or we're going to lose it. In my opinion. All right. Let's take some calls here. I think I'm dialed in. Let me see what we have here. Ladies and gentlemen, give me a second. All right, Mr. Producer, what do you got there? Mary Kate, Virginia, the great WMAL. Go, please. Hey, hi, Mark. Uh, nice hi. talking to you. Thank you. Well, how do you know uh, you? You just said hello. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, I will buy your book uh, tonight, I promise. Well, no, 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 you don't have to call and say that. I understand. Anyway, go right ahead. I was just letting you know. Uh, no, I wanted to make an observation about um, all these Democrats squealing like stuck pigs over um, uh, uh, President Trump uh, declassifying uh, all, all, all this information. Right, right. Uh, but, but, they're, but they're saying, uh, you know, that it's political. Well, and they have nothing then, to worry about. Well, yeah, exactly. For that to be political, it would have to mean it was going to reveal something damaging to the Democrats. Well, I, I would just say to them, and I'll say it here, what are you worried about? Because yeah. it won't hurt you if there's nothing there. You have nothing to worry about. Now, we know you don't care about classified information, Democrats. You proved that in the last month or two with the Mueller report. So you have nothing to worry about. Well, back to Hillary Clinton, they don't care. Good point. Good point. Yeah, when I was in the military, if I had done one-hundredth of what she had done, I'd still be in Leavenworth. Yeah, you'd be in the brig, and uh, that would be maybe they'd send you to Guantanamo. You never know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I, I could see that. All right, you're uh, terrific. I pre- I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you a copy, a signed copy. You don't have to go out and buy it tonight. Mary Kate, don't hang up, and thank you for your service. Liz, Oj, is it Ojai, California? Is that how you pronounce it? Oh, hi, I'm sorry. Oh, hi, California, 870 the answer. Go ahead. Yes, I was a network censor at NBC. In the- wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. what does that mean? Well, we were the ones that took care of the taste and integrity of network programming. Really? Yeah. Including game shows to make sure they were played fairly and squarely, because it is a federal offense Mm -hmm. to rig a game show. Mm -hmm. But so I ended up working strike duty in the KNBC news studio for five months back in 87. Now, what is strike duty? Um, The NABID, which is the uh, technical... um, They went on strike? Oh, yeah. And so you had, a, you had to go in and help out. I had to operate a camera in the news okay. studio. 
Um, but when you have your headsets on, you hear everything going on up in the newsroom, mm-hmm. in the control room, wherever. And they were, I mean, at that time, Reagan was president, and they did everything they could to make him look really stupid, like the, the Star Wars mm-hmm. uh, program that he wanted to do. So I went back to our regular meetings, and I said, you know, why are we not um, taking care of making sure that the network puts out the real story? And I was told, shut down, actually, the news is sacred. We never touch the news division. So I saw it happening in the 80s, and that was pretty frightening. Mm-hmm. So, it's sacred, and it's not sacred. No, it's not. Why not. should it be sacred? There should be vigorous debate. There should be vigorous discussion about, about what should be provided to the American people. There's no diversity in these newsrooms. I know, and I, um, I liked my paycheck, so... No, <laughs> I, I understand. I didn't get to say much more than that. But I will be buying your book at the Reagan Library. I've already oh, can't copy. wait to see you there. Yes, I'll be, I, uh, I'm buying them for some of my recovered liberal friends. Well, I'll tell you what, here's how I look at this. This is a rallying cry to protect freedom of speech. That's what the book is. It's a rallying cry to my fellow citizens, a substantive rallying cry, a new pamphlet for the pamphleteers out there to protect the First Amendment and freedom of the press. This book is not just for conservatives. This book transcends politics. This book is about liberty. This book is about the Constitution. This book is about who we are because... That's what the First Amendment is all about. I'm trying to yank back the narrative from the left who wraps themselves in the first uh, in freedom of the press. We're the ones who defend freedom of the press. We're the ones who defend the First Amendment and all the amendments to the Constitution and the entire Constitution. They must not be allowed to advance their destructive agenda, their fundamental transformation of the civil society in our constitutional republic in the name of freedom of the press. That's the purpose of the book. Take our country back, take our language back, take our speech back, take our press back. Thank you for your call. I look forward to seeing you. I'll be right back. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. So the tax deadline passed, and uh, 
you think you uh, you escape the IRS's clutches, right? Uh, even though you owe them money? Well, you're wrong. You better brace yourself. Now, now comes the enforced compliance season. When the IRS actively garnishes paychecks, seizes bank accounts, and puts liens on your home, I'm going to give you my direct line to Optima Tax Relief. You need to call them now because it's critically important to solve your tax problems while you have options. Tomorrow you might not have any options. Optima Tax Relief works to stop the demand letters, stop the aggressive collection actions, and stop the IRS from nailing you. Ask about their fresh start initiative, one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered. And if you qualify, you can save thousands, even tens of thousands of dollars. Optima is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. They have solved over a billion dollars in tax debt for folks like you. You deserve a fresh start. Don't wait. Call for your free consultation. 800-499-6300. 800-499-6300-800-499-6300. Let us go to Tom, Glendora, California, the great 870, the answer, K-R-L-A, go. Hey, thank you, Mark. Thanks for being a relentless, gutsy, brilliant defender of freedom and the Constitution. Can't thank you. Wow. I love thank your you, my Nancy friend. Bella Lugosi. All right, that yes. was my, Nancy Stretch. Uh, Bella, Bella, Cosi. Uh, Bella Cosi, but Bella, Bella, Bella Lagosi is pretty good too. Yeah, it's just a I got some others yes. if you'd like them for the IRS that you just referred to. Yes. How about yes. the intimidating, reprehensible scoundrels for the wow. for the EPA? How Uh-oh. about the economy paralyzing airheads for Jim Acosta, Jim Alacostia, for Barack Obama? How about King Barack, the first and the worst? Yes, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what you got, Tom? Well, you know, Mark, I'm very fearful that this smear campaign at the universities, uh, in the uh, media, the uh, entertainment media, is going to convince enough lazy voters that Donald Trump is the monster that they disgustingly portray him as. And I, I hope that his poll numbers that are fairly high will hold up. And I'm just worried if I would say if we get uh, any Democrat in with the uh, gangrene New Deal of AOC, with Medicare for none, with Medicare for all, with free university, we are dead mm-hmm. and we become a social... Uh, let, me, let me tell you, this, this election, there, everything's on the line. Everything. Uh, also, um, they will be uh, energized in their abuse of the Constitution, their abuse of the FBI, their abuse of the intelligence agencies, their abuse of the FISA courts. Uh, the uh, Democrat Party media will be energized. You'll see that the Republicans will will start to slink around. Uh, they won't want to take stands. Uh, they'll be cutting deals. They'll be utterly unprincipled. So you're exactly right. This is a huge, huge battle. I'm trying to, in advance of that battle, try uh, a battle. Try to make the case that we need to become a stronger, active grassroots. That we need to communicate with as many people as we can. There's more of us than them. That is in the media, and that's exactly what we need to do. And I hope we will. Tom, thank you for your call. Very, very good. I appreciate it. And we'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 I'll tell you. I'm really enjoying it. I want to thank you people leaving five stars on the uh, Amazon comment board during the break. I've been reading them. I mean, I really am blushing. I appreciate it. Joe Scarborough is one of the lowest of the low lives on TV or anywhere for that matter. And uh, he really is a disgrace to the idea of freedom of the press. Uh, But he could care less. And um, it's a very hateful guy, very poisonous guy. And, of course, he was on a show called The Morning Joe Show, which, of course, I call The Morning Schmo Show. And he's on there with Mika Brzezinski, if that is her name. And so they're circling back to a tactic that they used to the pres- against the president several months ago. And it was really evil then, and it's evil now, but that's Joe. Cut three, go. Tweeting after 9 p.m. last night, the president shared a video. So who cares if he's tweeting after 9 p.m. last night? What are you doing after 9 p.m. last night? Throwing down your sixth scotch or something? So what if he's tweeting after 9 p.m. at night? Why are you reporting this breathlessly? Tweeting after 9 p.m. last night, Joe. Woo. All right, start from the top. Cut three, go. Tweeting after 9 p.m. last night, the president shared a video edited to show Nancy Pelosi stammering during a news conference. But she does stammer during a news conference. That's the truth. People are wondering if there's something wrong with her. She stammers, she shakes. She's largely incoherent unless she has a script or has memorized a talking point. I don't think there's any question about that. Go ahead. Suggesting the speaker is in a mental decline. But she appears to be in a mental decline. Again, nothing personal. Something's not right. Go ahead. Fake videos of Pelosi altered to make her sound as if she is slurring her words has spread online in recent days. Whoa, 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 whoa. You see how they do that, Mr. Producer? Those are her words, aren't they, Rich? They just cut and paste them together, right? So you loop them together. That's nothing fake about those videos. That's her slurring her words. Remember we kind of said that yesterday with Dr. Erin Corey? She's the Buddy Hackett of the House of Representatives, and she's got the IQ of a uh, Professor Erwin Corey. May I say, with all due respect, of course. Go ahead. Interesting. Wonder what that's about. Well, the pres- we, we know what it's actually. We've been. About. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There's the voice of the Grim Reaper. Well, we we know what it's about, Mika. We talked about this last night. We know what this is about, Mika. Yeah. Well, we know. President's sick. He's Hitler, Stalin, Mika. Remember? He's uh, he's dangerous. He's a dictator. He's a racist. He's a white supremacist, a white nationalist. He's all right. He's an anti-Semite. Come on, Mika. Get with it, Mika. Is that your name, Mika? Mika. What does Mika mean? Micah? Is it Mika or Micah? Anyway, go ahead. This block before the president, of course, during the campaign, we've said it. People closest to him told us that they feared that he was in mental decline. There you go. There you go. 
We get the thought that we defeat. He talks like Woodward. They admit don't decline. So they're circling back, you see. That he's in a mental decline. Nancy Pelosi, sharp as a tack. Straight as a board when she's... Donald Trump, mental decline. See how it works? And of course, Joe knows something about mental decline. Looks in the mirror every day. A long time. Go ahead. Uh, People very close to him uh, told us that they feared that he was uh, pre-dementia, that he had changed. Now, this this is really unbelievable. And this is the kind of poison that is spewed on MSNBC. He's sitting in a news position. It is a news program. Current events and news where they have a discussion. And Joe Scarborough has opined that Donald Trump is in mental decline and pre-dementia. Incredible. And MSNBC's proud of him. Andrew Lack, who's the president of NBC, thinks this is great. And you despise them, and you despise him, and you despise this, don't you? That's why they won't be around, I predict, in five, eight, nine years. They're just not going to be around. There's no point to MSNBC. You want to hear what Joe Scarborough says? You listen to a drunk face down in the sewer on the street, and you'll hear what Joe Scarborough says. Same thing. Go ahead. You watch Donald Trump in the late 1980s. You watch him even in the 90s. You watch him now. He, he's uh, who's watching Donald Trump in the late 1980s and the late 90s? You're, you're, you're a little sick. You're a little obsessed there, Joe. Go ahead. I've known Nancy Pelosi and been working with her since 1994. I interviewed her this week. You, oh, wow, you did? Wow, Mika. How'd you get that? That must have been a tough get. And and Joe's known her since 1994. Wow. And she's the greatest. Tough, smart, sharp. Go ahead. For 90 minutes. Uh, so a quarter of a century I've known Nancy Pelosi. I can tell you Nancy Pelosi is tougher today. Sharp as a tack. Oh, tougher today and sharp as a... Now, ladies and gentlemen, these two liars... Does she sound sharp as a tack to you? That doesn't sound sharp as a tack to me. And she's tougher today. No, she's dumber today. Go ahead. 25 years ago, the difference between Nancy and Donald, not even close. He knows he's slipping. He knows he's slipping. What is with his accent? What kind of accent is that, Mr. Producer? I think it's the accent and the stupid. He knows he's sli- he knows he's slipping. So we have uh, Joe Scarborough, an unlicensed psychiatrist. No, more like a psychotic. He knows he's he's slipping. It's not even close between Nancy and Donald. Mika, sharp as a tack. I've known her a quarter of a century. I've known Nancy. I can tell you, she's tougher today. She's tougher today, Mika. Sharp as a tack. Is this a comedy show, these two? Like a comedy show. Dean and Martin or Sacco and Vansetti? I can't decide. It's embarrassing, these two. Between the two of them, they have an IQ of about 17 and a half. That's just my humble opinion. They don't sound very bright to me. 
Now, speaking of, and we're going to have in about 15 minutes Chip Roy, a solid conservative who said, you know what, I'm all in favor of disaster relief. But why the hell did we just take $4 billion out of this bill that was intended for the, for the border? Why did everybody cave on this? I'll be the Mr. Smith who goes to Washington, and I'll say no. And he's being attacked viciously by the Democrat Party and the media, and they're one and the same. Then we have Richard Blumenthal of CNN. You know him, ladies and gentlemen. The man from the crypt. Yes, yes. Now, the Democrats wanted on their, their, their own the declassify aspects of the Mueller report. Remember all that? Give it to us, or else we're going to come to the uh, Justice Department and handcuff you and drag you uh, to the House of Representatives, and we're going to put you in front of the camera, and, uh, and then we're going to put you in jail, and we're going to starve you, and we're going to put punji sticks in your toes. Yes, we are. And we're going to make you listen to speech after speech after speech and Nancy Pelosi. Uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're going to get you. Anyway, uh, Richard Blumenthal. Now, why is Richard Blumenthal on TV all the time? Why? Because he's a nut. He's outrageous. He says the things that they want to hear on CNN and MSNBC. It's not for you and me. It's for them. They, 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 they want to promote their, their, their favorite senator. Anderson Cooper, who will never be able to live down that magnificent interview he did with Stormy Daniels. Nobody can interview a porn actress better than than Anderson Cooper. Man, this guy breaks news all the time. And his buddy, Avenatti. Cut 11, go. I mean, is this just trying to distract from a day of very So bad we're news? talking about declassifying this information. And now listen, is this a real question? trying to distract from a day of very bad news for the president has no interest in this whatsoever absolute blockhead well look it's just a distract that they feed them the lines they feed they know what he's going to say and so they they put question marks on the end and raise their voice like they're asking a question is this going to distract from a day of very bad news for president in terms of his own performance? I ask you? Go ahead. I mean, is this just trying to distract from a day of very bad news uh, for the president in terms of his own performance? I mean, is a memorandum telling agencies to cooperate with the attorney general, is that really necessary? Well, I'm glad, Anderson, that you gave the answer that I wanted to give, uh, and so I will elaborate for you. Yes, yes. Uh, Very, very sharp, very elucidating there, Anderson. I mean, that's very good. Uh, if you, uh, Will it distract, as you point out? Well, of course it will, Anderson. Uh, is it really necessary? Of course not, Anderson. So these guys go in. They're, they're not even questioned in any serious way. Go ahead. As a former United States attorney and a state attorney general for some oh, 20 Oh, he's a former U.S. attorney, former state attorney general. As I recall, former Vietnam combat veteran, too. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of formers, this guy. Former human being. Go ahead. I am baffled by this. doesn't take much to baffle this morning, have you not? I'm baffled. I've never seen anything like this before. Here we are, demanding classified information in the Mueller report. 
demanding information. We have 99.9% of our demanding classified information. Now the president, who has the power to declassify information, he declassifies all information about Russia collusion, quote-unquote, and, and the police state tactics of the Obama administration. I must tell you, that is a distraction. We don't want to get to the bottom of that. Mr. Mueller didn't want to get to the bottom of that. You, Anderson, you don't want to get to the bottom of that. We're all, we're all united in this, but that Trump, he wants to get to the bottom of this. As a former U.S. attorney, as a uh, former attorney general to a state, as a uh, former waiter at IHOP, as a, uh, I, I'm, I just never seen anything like this in my life, I, I, uh, Anderson. Thank you for asking me. Uh, go ahead. Memorandum. There seems absolutely no reason for it. Agencies have a legal obligation to cooperate with the Attorney General of the United States. So why do you care? So why do you give a damn? So why is Anderson Cooper asking you? Why are they reporting on it? And why are you whining like a stuck pig? What are you worried about? Notice? What are you worried about? Uh, it's, uh, it's just a shiny object. They're, 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 they're distracting us from the business of upholding the Constitution against a rogue president. Uh, we get to control the narrative in the media, Anderson. We get to, uh, you know, advance the pseudo news. We get to uh, advance our propaganda, Anderson. And when he does things like this, you know, it's very distracting to our mission. On behalf of the American people, of course, uh, Anderson. And, you know... As a former state attorney general, a former U.S. attorney, I can tell you, I have no understanding of what they're trying to do here, Anderson. None, none whatsoever. None. Thanks for asking. Thanks for sending me the questions in advance, Answer. Yes. Go ahead. And it seems much more like an effort to distract with, Ooh. frankly... Yes? A dull, rusty object, not a bright, well, shiny... You just, hold on now. You, you distract with a dull, rusty object? Have you ever been distracted, Mr. Producer, with a dull, rusty object? When I think of this guy, I think of a dull, rusty object. I'll be perfectly honest with you. And I feel like I need a tetanus shot every time I watch this guy. Go ahead. And I think that we already... Ah, shut up, you rambling buffoon. You sound like such a jerk. Well, he's trying to make up his words and his idea... I'm trying to go on a rusty, shiny object, rusty object. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah, you have a lot of shock on your face all the time, doofus. You really do. I've never seen anything. I've never experienced anything. I've never, never liked this. I mean, oh, my God. I've never. I'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. 
Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Beanie beep, beanie beep. Beanie beep, beanie beep. If you've never been on a cruise, I think there's one you're going to want to look into. Brent Bozell, nobody does it better. Over at the Media Research Center, he's planning a Mediterranean cruise September 13th through the 24th. Sounds like a really great program. I want you to think about giving yourself and your spouse or your loved one a gift. Time to relax, time to laugh, time to have fun. Just for 10 or 11 days. Leave it all behind. You'll go on this magnificent ship, on this cruise, with like-minded patriots. You'll get to talk to really a wonderful lineup of special guests there. The Honorable James Buckley, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, who is terrific. Cal Thomas, same, terrific. Jason Chavitz, Joe Piscopo, Terry Jeffrey, all the other greats. You get a chance to meet and talk with people of this caliber really makes these trips so special. And you'll get to meet lifelong friends. And you'll get to have a wonderful time with your loved one. With your loved one. For details, go to mrccruise.com, mrccruise.com, or call 888-MRC-TRIP, 888-MRC-TRIP. You know Father's Day's coming up. Perfect time to do this as a mutual gift. And you'll eat dinner with some of them. You'll have plenty of chances to ask all of them questions. It'll also be a great opportunity to meet over 100 like-minded patriots who care about this country and its founding principles as much as you do. MRC is a great organization. They do a top-notch job with these trips. I only hear positive, even glowing uh, comments about them. Go to mrccruise.com right now for more information. mrccruise.com or give them a call, 888-MRC-TRIP. 888-MRC-TRIP. Don't put it off. They will sell out. They always do. Why? Because of all of you in the audience. That's MRCCruise.com. After the bottom of the hour, we are scheduled to have Chip Roy on the program, one of the great conservatives in the movement, one of the great conservatives in the House of Representatives. He's being attacked as a result by his own party, by the Democrat Party, and you ought to hear how the media talk about him. They're just so loathsome. And he dared to do something. When everybody else said, yes, we're going to vote for this disaster bill, he said, wait a minute. What happened to over $4 billion for the border? Well, we'll do it later. Maybe we'll do it tomorrow. Maybe next week, next year, the year before next year. You never said, no, I'm objecting. This is what you want to vote for? Come back to Washington and let's have a roll call vote. But I'm objecting. Where's the $4 billion for the border? He'll be right on. Mark Lovin.
Democrats talk about how much better the European health care model is. But is it? Are they over there getting their health care there? How about their family members? No, I don't think so. Tell me, are people leaving the United States for the great health care system in Britain? The great dental care in Britain? No, I don't think so. Because in England right now, a patient with a doctor's referral for cancer treatment will wait at least 62 days just to start treatment. Since we know that treating cancer in the earliest stages gives the patient the best chance of beating it, would you want your loved one to wait more than two months before they can even begin treatment? Does that sound better to you? Worse, Brits may not even have access to the latest cancer drugs because their government-run system dictates that they'll pay or even they'll, they'll cover a new treatment. So you don't know what you'll pay and you don't know if you're covered. So why does HHS Secretary Alex Azar want to import a European-style health care system with rationed care and long waiting lists? Why is he pushing socialist drug price controls and changes to Medicare that would deny seniors access to the latest and best treatments? Why do we want that here in this country? It doesn't work. Secretary Azar can bring down the cost of prescription drugs very simply. Competition and transparency. Not one-size-fits-all mandates and price controls. So why is he still pushing socialist solutions? Well, get the facts. Go to TrueHealthCareFacts.com. TrueHealthCareFacts.com. That's TrueHealthCareFacts.com. Chip Roy is a very good friend of mine. He is a principal conservative, very thoughtful, common-sense gentleman. And he's really sick and tired of what Washington is doing. He's just gotten here, although he served as chief of staff to Ted Cruz at one point. And he's looking around at this uh, relief bill, and he said, uh, uh, fellas, ladies, it's missing something. Chip Roy, how are you? Mark, I'm doing great. Uh, how are you, my friend? I'm very well. So now the Democrat Party's sleazing you. The media is misreporting about you. Some of your own Republicans are rolling their eyes at you. Tell everybody what's going on. Well, yeah, that's the usual state of things, but that's usually what happens when you're uh, over the target, right? You're not getting flack if you're not uh, dropping some uh, bombs on the target. Uh, basically what happened is that for eight months now, there's been this debate about a disaster relief bill, Florida, Georgia, Puerto Rico, and some other spots in the nation dealing with disasters. Now, none of us want to object to reasonable, thoughtful uh, federal expenditures to, to step in and deal where disasters need to be dealt with. But we do want to be thoughtful about how much we're spending, that we're not spending too much, that it be offset, and that we also deal with the very dangerous uh, situation we have on our border and the emergency there and the need to supplement it with additional funds. So we found ourselves in the position where the Senate passed a supplemental disaster relief bill yesterday that did not include border funding and was not. Let me, let me, let me stop you there. Mitch sure. McConnell is out of control since he's been the leader of the Republican Party. The debt has skyrocketed. Spending has skyrocketed. I'm talking, not you. He doesn't even pretend to be a fiscal conservative anymore. Anyway, go ahead. Well, you're, you're not wrong about the overall problem of GOP not spending, and that includes leadership often. And so yesterday, uh, the Senate passes the All right, we're starting to lose you again like last time. So, so are, you, are you sitting in one place or standing in one place? Did we lose Chip already? All right, let's try and get him back. Uh, he has a very big district, and sometimes when he's on his cell phone traveling, it's very difficult to get him. But we're going to try and get him back right now, right, Mr. Producer? So his complaint is there's a lot of feather bedding in this bill. There's just a lot of fluff in this bill, and they put the 
the title disaster relief on there, and they pretty much spend whatever they want to. And despite all the spending, they don't include money to secure the border and help what's going on down there, which is an outrage. All right, Chip, go ahead. Start where you left off, please. Yeah, I'm back, Mark. I apologize. Yeah. So uh, yesterday the Senate passed a supplemental bill that was $19 billion for disaster relief. Unfortunately, they did so, and the House had already adjourned for the Memorial Day recess. And Nancy Pelosi knew that. So she was doing it to then schedule this vote for Friday. I'm sorry, schedule for the bill to come to the floor on Friday and just ask unanimous consent without a vote. And that's a way to just pass it through by a simple, hey, I offer for unanimous consent if nobody objects, boom, it passes. And nobody would object because nobody's there. Because nobody's there. Everybody had flown home. So I checked with my colleagues. I checked with leadership. I checked with the White House. And there were a lot of concerns about this process. This is bad for America that we would have a $19 billion bill passed by unanimous consent that's not offset, nobody's there, and it doesn't have any borders spending in it. All right, so so they don't have any way for, to pay for it. Nobody's there to object, and they and they strip out the money to uh, to help with the border. Exactly right. And so I decided to, to uh, turn around from the airport last night. I was going to get on the plane to fly to Texas to be home for the district. And uh, I was at the airport, and I was finally finding out that this is what was going to happen. So I canceled my flight. I turned around and checked in with staff and, and then started calling everybody to make sure I was right. And sure enough, that's what they were going to do. So I went to the floor this morning at 11, and I objected, and I explained why. Uh, I wasn't objecting to the idea that the federal government should have some role in dealing with the disasters, but I was just objecting to a blank check and just a spending that's not checked and to not dealing with this disaster at the border where we have 100,000 illegal aliens being apprehended every month, where we have children that aren't, don't have a place to be. And so, so let me get this straight. You're the only member of the House of Representatives who said, number one, you stripped out the money for the border, Number two, nobody's here to object. And number three, this is wildly beyond the spending that's necessary. There's no offsets. The deficit's gone through the roof. I object. It is true. I was the only Republican there to object, but I was not the only Republican who objected. In other words, there were a lot of folks who wanted to object that talked to me by phone or text who were back home in their district. I so see. I was I was representing a number of frustrated Republicans uh, who didn't like what was happening. And uh, so I was happy to go down today and go ahead and object. I thought I did so thoughtfully and kind of outlined all of the reasons why. And, uh, and look, I've gotten a whole lot of attaboys and texts and thank yous from my colleagues, uh, both publicly and privately. Um, and, and I think that we did the right thing. And how now, the media treated you? Well, I mean, you know, some have been taking shots, as you would expect. I've had some fair treatment by a few folks out there. My press has been working it hard. But, yeah, they're taking shots, saying I'm objecting and blocking and that I want women and children to die and I want all these people in disasters to suffer. And, and then the left is taking off with that. But you know what? I've gotten a lot more positive feedback today, both on social media and, more importantly, directly from constituents who are tired of the swamp. This is the swampiest thing you can do just put spending on autopilot well then how put, how could it come out of a republican controlled senate because you and i both know that the republican controlled senate doesn't actually push conservative uh policies they should be sending all sorts of great conservative policies over to the house 
to force tough votes on the speaker on Speaker Pelosi's White House representatives, and instead we get uh, spend, you know we get some bill on uh, raising the tobacco age to twenty one, and we get a nineteen billion dollar unauthorized. And by, and by the way, what is that all about? Why why are we all suddenly obsessed with that? Why why do we all have to follow Mitch McConnell down? Is there something going on in Kentucky that I'm missing? I think it's all about hemp, and I think it's a local uh, Kentucky issue, and he's fine to do it. Uh, and frankly, I think a lot of the big tobacco companies are actually okay with the 21 age because somehow it probably helps them with vaping. And some you ever see the pictures stuff. of the GIs during World War II, 17, 18, 19, 20-year-olds with cigarettes in their mouth? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, the government one, of, one of them was my father. Now, I'm not, I'm not promoting the smoking and so forth, but I'm saying we, we need a federal law now on this? It seems remarkable. I've literally never smoked uh, any uh, product like that in my life. Me neither. Product or anything. And so I just think it's bad. It's unhealthy. But you know what? It's a free country. If you're 18 and you can suit up, and if you can, uh, you know, fight for our country, and you want to go smoke a cigarette, I'm not going to stop you. But I mean, they want 16 year olds to vote. I mean, an 18 year old wants to smoke. I'm not for it. But what are we going to do? Lock them up? Right. And then importantly, is this really the focus of our government when we have 22 trillion dollars of debt and we're racking up 100 million dollars of debt an hour and I. Healthcare costs are skyrocketing, and 100,000 people are coming across our border every month, and our borders are being managed and run by the cartels. This is the response by the Republicans. Mm-hmm. And so I've been very pleased today to get a lot of people backing me up and just excited to see any kind of fight in Washington. We put out a letter last week asking for Speaker Pelosi to hold the caps, the spending caps, you know, that, that are current law, rather than busting the caps and spending billions more. No, good and luck you know with what? that. Well, I know you and I both know the, the wall will run into, but that's okay. The American people want to see a fight. You're right. 40, 44 House members who signed on to it. Let's keep building it. And let's show the, the, the swamp that we're serious about spending restraint, health care freedom, secure border, and common sense. Mm-hmm. No, you're quite right. All right, my friend. Uh, good job. I appreciate what you did. You got a lot of courage, and, uh, and I think my audience now understands a heck of a lot better than listening to the news. I can tell you that. Well, I appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for your listeners. I wouldn't be in office without them. Uh, I'll say I use the continued support because the swamp's going to come after me, and I really appreciate uh, all that they do. All right, brother. Take care of yourself. Have a good all weekend. Right. All Thanks, right. Mark. Take care. Yep. God bless. He, he is uh, so honorable and decent. Decent. Now, you see, now you got the facts. It was, who is this guy? He just stops uh, uh, relief going to people who need help. And he said, well, number one. There's an enormous amount of money here that's not going to go to relief. Number two, this Congress cannot control itself. It doesn't have any offsets for its spending, like everybody else has to. Look at the massive debt that we have. And number three, Nancy Pelosi did this in a way where it would be impossible to stop her unless I turned around from the airport, went to the House floor. She was going to pass. I want you to listen to this part. She goes on and on about the responsibility of Congress, that they represent the people, that we need to follow the Constitution, right? So what does she do? You won't hear this on CNN and MSNBC. So what does she do? She schedules a vote on Friday when nobody's going to be there, not a single Republican who has a problem with this. So Chip Roy from Texas hears about it. He's going to the airport, turns around, drives back to the House of Representatives, Goes to the floor of the House. It's brought up. They don't expect any debate, any roll call vote, nothing. She's going to ram through over $19 billion. They stripped out McConnell and the Senate. They stripped out the part about securing the border because the Democrats said it comes out and we're not going to support you. Finally, they buckle. 
Everybody's buckling in the house. And Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Chip Roy says, uh, I object. And so the media come out of Washington. Look at this guy. Look what he did. He stopped us. I'll be right back. Twenty twenty will be the most important election in our lifetimes. People have said that about past elections. No, this is the biggest one. Big issues are on the ballot the border, Second Amendment, late term abortion, freedom of speech and conscience. Most expensive of them all, health care. The liberals are pushing a plan called Medicare for All. They want to take a program seniors paid into all their lives and open it to all comers, even the children of illegal aliens. It should be called Medicare for None because they're going to destroy it. Seniors will be forced to get in line with people who've paid absolutely nothing into the program, including non-citizens who are here illegally. It's wrong. It's unfair. It'll destroy the world's greatest engine of healthcare innovation. Where's the AARP on all this? Why aren't they lobbying hard to stop this raiding of your Medicare? And we know why. The same AARP backed Obamacare. They're in the back pocket of the radical Democrats. And that's why I'm urging all of you to join AMAC now. Because unlike the AARP, AMAC will fight hard against Medicare for all. They want to save Medicare for you. Become a member at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. The stakes have never been higher. Visit amac.us and join today. A lot going on this weekend. We honor our fallen soldiers. That's first and foremost. There'll be a lot of activity on Fox, at least with respect to me. As I said, I'll be on Judge Janine on Saturday night. I will be on Fox and Friends Sunday, Sunday morning in the 9 a.m. hour. Uh, And I will be on Life, Liberty, and Levin. We're running a rerun of the Hannity interview of me because it rated through the roof and you people loved it. And I think a lot of people will enjoy it. Also, don't forget the book signings. Very important. Tomorrow, tomorrow, it's here, Saturday. Bookends, 1 p.m., Ridgewood, Ridgewood, New Jersey. I want to see all of you. We're going to have a blast. The next day, Sunday, May 26th, 1 p.m., book review, Huntington, New York. And for the rest of the country, the books in all retail outlets, Costco, Walmart, Barnes & Noble, BJ, Sam's, Target, Amazon.com right now. I want to encourage all you Levinites, go to Amazon.com and let's act and let's save freedom of speech. Here we go.
Folks, the week is over. The long weekend is here. Memorial Day is Monday, and we salute the deceased. God bless them all. And we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, ICE, Border Patrol, all law enforcement. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zella. Good night, Gigi. And good night, Dad. And good night, Mom. We intend to make you proud. I'll see you on Saturday and Sunday, folks. God bless. Be well.